Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. I'm hurting for a yurtin'. Abamaste and welcome. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 7, titled The Retreat, directed by Anu Valia. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in a snap. Now, thankfully, unlike Jen this week, I haven't been ghosted, uh, so let me introduce you to the other Hulksters joining me today. First up, she motions for the motive to be moved so the case involving the murder of Manbull won't be considered a malicious, malicious, a malicious <laughs> malfeasance. She's Megan, Miss Trial, Clara. How you doing? Oh, a Miss Trial. I'm doing okay. You see how I did that, right? <laughs> Miss Trial. Yeah, I, I, like I, it. I heard you were a little under the weather. That's why oh, we're yeah. trying to be a little more calm and zen with this episode yes, i think but it's not associated with the pandemic so we're okay <laughs> okay okay yes very good to hear um and sitting on trial next to her he's ready to dismiss the deliberation of the deposition given by the defendant of the defenders he's darcy the dank devil hudson i'm sorry i still can't go over the fact that i think you just said murder of Manbull. we just got him don't take him away from me so soon <laughs> i know i know his poor chairs they've been they were murdered in this episode his beautiful stacking job he's allowed to be mad it's okay um <laughs> but listen last week darcy i asked you and uh we had mitch george on the show and, and i asked you what you'd wear to a wedding as a hulk and we talked about kilts and things like that um this week from both of you uh i want to know what do you think would be the best yoga pose to do as a hulk uh megan this being your area of expertise i'd love for you to kick us off absolutely for those who do not know i am quite the yogi um I would either go with, if I were a Hulk, I would do all arm balances all day long because I could just hold them forever and at the moment can't do that. <laughs> but I would suggest for the the common Hulk to do a lot mm -hmm. of Shavasana, which is just shavasana. laying on your back <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a calm pose. It's the end of your practice and you're breathing mm -hmm. and just taking in the energy and it's a lovely calming space to be. So I feel like that's where the Hulk should be. That sounds lovely. And would you just like, you'd lay back and just like, smash. <laughs> Smash. I don't like know if that would be my mantra, but <laughs> no, <laughs> kind of counterintuitive, I think. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Darcy, what 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 yoga pose are you rocking as a Hulk? Uh, I'm again. I'm not. I'm probably the opposite of Megan in that I my uh, connection to yoga is just watching my friend after a morning of drinking doing yoga first thing in the morning. So yeah. I, I was going to say more balancing though, because I have a terrible sense of balance to begin with, and I feel like hulked out. You'd have again more control over that you all your muscles are enhanced your balance would be way better so i would just take advantage of that and do all the one foot and arm balances like meg was saying just just to really you know drive home the fact that i can balance at that point <laughs> yeah i was gonna that's you guys are we're you're literally channeling my energy right now because i <laughs> i uh i'm thinking the same way i'm like listen if i'm gonna be a hulk i would never be able to pull off this move as a regular nate but as a hulk nate 
Um, I, you know, I, I've looked it up. It's often referred to as the most difficult yoga pose, uh, which is the handstand scorpion, I ah. think is what I would probably focus in on, which is where you do a handstand and then you touch the pads of your feet to the top of your head while making uh, a C shape with your, <laughs> with your back, <laughs> which is great for me. It would be like a C with like a D on the back just because of my belly. But, um, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, uh, you know, I, my back could really use a stretch. So, um, I feel like that's the only other way I'd be able, like, if I was a Hulk, it's the only way I'd be able to achieve that pose. But uh, listen, we're not going to think negatively anymore, okay? Let's think positively. I will be able to do a, a handstand scorpion or whatever it's it. called. New Year's resolution. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be my new, yeah, that's a good one to choose. Um, all right, well, listen, grab some nice warm tea and step into the yurt because therapy is now in session with the Honorable Dr. Nate presiding. <laughs> Uh, our episode opens with Jen <laughs> receiving a message from Josh saying that he can't wait to see her. Uh, and then we get a light, lovely montage of Jen getting ready for her day while messaging back and forth with Josh. And we see the two, they go on three dates and there's all these cute romantic moments to the tune of uh, Now I'm In It by Haim, uh, which is a great track, oh by God, the way. This episode, by the way, all the tracks in this episode, fire. Fire. Really good stuff. Uh, we eventually see her and Josh head into her place to uh, Hulk smash, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, and then the next morning, we see her message him telling telling him she can't stop smiling, uh, but he doesn't message her back. Okay, so before we keep going here, what did you think of this, this lovey, dovey intro? Um, really, we're seeing Jen at the happiest she's been as Jen since becoming She-Hulk. Um, what did you what did you guys think of the this kind of opening moment? I love the like rom com feel. We have haven't yeah. had that type of comedy quite yet in this show, as it's been quite the comedy. So I love the fact that they went full blown rom com first date montage. Um again, <laughs> yeah. also love that song. It is now on like every playlist of mine. <laughs> it was so good. I was like vibing out through the whole first part of the episode. Um yeah. and there was something in me though this whole time that I knew he was gonna ditch. Yeah. I was like, I bet you any money he pieces out the morning after. Yeah. And sure enough Poor Jen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was hating every moment of it because I knew where <laughs> it was going. I I was already feeling bad for Jen, seeing how connect like the connection she was making and was so happy. And I'm like, right, this is not going to end well. This guy sucks. So yeah, that's that's my feelings on it. It was done well, but ooh, that guy. Yeah. It was like it was both one of the sweetest things we've seen on the show, as well as one of the most like uncomfortable things as well. Just because again, you're watching it and. And you're just like, oh, she's so happy. Like, can't, why can't we just keep this? Like, why do you have to take this away from us, She-Hulk writers? Jessica Gao, how dare you? Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I thought it was, it was really sweet, but it was so sad just because, again, like, we all predicted, you know, last week that this guy was bad. I'm pretty sure it was one of the most probably thinly veiled uh, secrets of the show. Um, but I will say, yeah, like, the, the production was on point for this opening like you call it Megan like really mirroring uh, a romantic comedy you know love montage uh, and I love the way like the text messages were coming through on screen and we see you know the multiple gens on screen at one point I love seeing her phone turn into the tv and she's watching the great Muppet Caper 
uh, <laughs> with that scene with with Miss Piggy perfectly representing how she's feeling in that moment where she's just like, just like, oh, I really want this to, yeah, what's going, like, I need to break out of this jail of torment. Um, but listen, back at the office, Nikki praises Jen for getting nominated for Female Lawyer of the Year. Uh, Nikki tells her she needs to stop obsessing over Josh, not responding to her texts. Uh, and she says uh, that, you know, he could be at a meeting, he could be at the movies, or even a silent retreat, uh, which I thought was interesting foreshadowing. Jen then says, um, you know, she hopes he's at all of those. Uh, and then we get a loud cut to Saturday. And I love this, the way they cut to this moment where she's just eating the cereal, just like death staring <laughs> at her phone. Uh, and then we see, you know, Sunday comes up and we see Jen still obsessively looking at her phone, uh, hoping for a message back as she, you know, she eats cereal does some yoga and uh, and watches the Muppets. So before we keep going here, um, it was so real to see Jen obsessing over getting a message back. Have you ever been in that situation before? Pretty sure everyone 100%. has. Yeah. 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 That is not an uncommon yeah. sensation at all. <laughs> right? I Well, I mean, I, I guess it's just from the idea of like, in what way? Like for me, like, it's it, you know, it's always been if there's somebody that I really care for, and they say, I need to talk to you, not now, but later. I'm like, oh, don't even do that. Don't <laughs> ever send me those messages ever. I hate it. Um, or like if your boss messages you with the, with the, hey, can we talk sometime later? And like my mind just immediately goes to like, well, I'm fired. I don't have a job anymore. That's it. Um, or the worst case, all the worst case you know, scenarios. Um, and this is why I keep telling everyone and everyone in my group chats, Please use emojis. Please use emojis. Stop not using emojis. It makes no sense. Emojis are there to convey how you feel so that when you say something that could be taken one way or the other, I understand what you mean. And if you look at my messages, at least at least one of every three messages that I send will have an emoji or a GIF expressing how I feel. Uh, but Megan, tell me you've you've gone through this before. <laughs> well, I can totally relate to the emoji thing. I can't stand yeah. when people don't use them because it feels like them. they're mad at me. <laughs> yeah. um, for me, it it hasn't ever really been so much like a dating ghost, but mm-hmm. I ha- always have this like horrible fear. I'm afraid of cars, and anytime oh, yeah. somebody is in a car and they're going somewhere, someone I truly care about, and I know they're going mm-hmm. somewhere, I always ask them to tell me when they get there. Yeah. And people tend to forget those things after they've done like a 45-minute-plus drive. Mm-hmm. So then I'm sitting here at home. It's been 45 <laughs> minutes. They have to be there. And then I'm like, is everything okay? <laughs> Did you get there okay? Like, I, yeah. I But then you're like, you you'd also don't want to message them because you don't want them checking their phone driving? while they're driving. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I have a horrible, horrible fear of that. Or like if someone's supposed to be coming home and they get home late, I'm like, yeah. I've been waiting for you for so long. And it's been like yeah, two they're minutes. Like, I'm only past. 10 minutes late. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, calm down. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I always text when I'm home after a long drive. My mom kind of ingrained that into me, and now it's extended to my friends, where they don't even ask, but I still tell yes. them because <laughs> it's their way to say, yeah, it was fun seeing you, so I'm home, and you have a good day type thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I've been going, my whole thing is more, you know, friends. Uh, you know, you'd be mm. trying to ha- set up time to hang out, and all of a sudden, you don't get that text back, and say, like, oh, well, do yeah. I have plans Friday or not? We were talking, and 
you're not getting back to me. Are we getting? Are we hanging out, or should I find someone else to hang out with? Come on, <laughs> let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need like that's the thing now. Once you reach a certain age, it's like the the oh we're gonna get together soon. That doesn't cut it. Either no. you either you set a date in that mm-hmm. moment, or you're not gonna see that person. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works. <laughs> Um, but let's keep going here. Sunday hits, uh, and Jen is woken up by a phone call from Chuck Donnellan, uh, Emil Blonsky's parole officer, uh, calling her to let her know that Emil Blonsky's inhibitor sent out a malfunction alert. Uh, Donnellan, worried that the abomination might not cooperate, asks Jen to join him uh, to take a trip to his retreat uh, for protection. We see Jen making the drive, uh, all while still obsessing over Josh's message, which, by the way, um, on her CarPlay, there's an emoji app. And I'm just going to say this right now. Can that how do we make that a reality? Because as we were just discussing, emojis are very important. I don't know why there's an emoji app on her. Anyways, um, we we uh, we then we then see her singing Mbop alone in her car, which made me feel real good. Like this whole episode was like the episode of feels, I think. And like, I just kept like feeling, I was like, oh, I connect with Jen so much right now. Um, I want to know just before we keep going, who else belts it out in their car while they're alone traveling. Am I the only one? If you if you say you don't, you're lying. <laughs> right? I, I wish I, I I do, but I also feel embarrassed when I do because I'm like, I only know that one part of the song. The rest of the song <laughs> That's okay. Not does not have any space in my head, apparently. You're the only one in the car. It's, <laughs> exactly. it's your stage and you're the audience. I also love if you caught yeah. it at the end of her singing, her voice sort of cracks. Because she's yeah. like really just belting and not caring how she sounds. And that's how so I feel. Good. Like if if I rolled down the windows and I was belting out in the car, oh, man, would that hurt people's ears. <laughs> <laughs> but like I love that she's not just like an incredible singer, too. Yeah. Oh, no. You know what? She can't do it all. Mm-mm. She can't do it all. She's amazing as a lawyer. She's amazing <laughs> as a Hulk. But she can't do it all. I For me, it's Disney music. Uh, in my car, especially, you know, reflection from Mulan, <laughs> I will just go full falsetto, yes. just like, just, I'm not going to do it on the podcast because I don't want to break people's <laughs> speakers, but, but I will just go all out and I don't care what other drivers think of me. I don't not, I don't, I don't give a, uh, an F. My, my sing, go-to singing in the car is always metal songs. So they hear oh, a lot wow. of, of bad growling basically. So, <laughs> and I'll, I'll pop in, I'll say mine is also my karaoke song and it's um part of your world from little mermaid (laughs) okay good i thought you were gonna i thought you were gonna mention that canadian boy band that you played last time we were in a car together what was that oh my god i also will i'll belt out anything but (laughs) yeah um it's b44 and the song specifically (laughs) is get down if you were an eight-year-old listening to this song shame shame to your mother except also that's (laughs) what i was listening to when i was eight (laughs) So 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 let's just make a whole let's let's make a playlist together. We'll sing it on our next car ride, car tra- road trip. It'd be a very interesting playlist with my song mixed in there. I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would love it. I would love it. Uh, okay, so we get to the retreat where Chuck asks Jen uh, to jolly green herself <laughs> for his protection, uh, and the two meet with Emil and uh, Chuck recalibrates the inhibitor and then swiftly makes his exit. 
just as Jen is about to do the same, Manbull and El Aguila, uh, while working through their resentments in a safe environment, smash up Jen's car, and now she can no longer go home, forcing her to stay at the retreat a little longer until the tow truck gets there later in the day. Uh, so obviously we get a few other characters, but just for this moment, what did you guys think of Manbull and uh, El, El Aguila? Aguila? I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Aguila, um, And Darcy. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Darcy, who are these? Who are these characters according to the comics? Well, uh, they're both, you know, C-list uh, villains, as you probably picked up from the episode. But the biggest thing to take away from El Algila uh, or whatever his name is, I can't remember it. Yeah, too, you got me all confused. Oh, uh, he's shoot. a mutant in the comics. So I mean, oh. another mutant reference in this show, which again, it, they love doing it. So I'm hoping it actually is mutants. Um, yeah. But he's a sword master who can generate electricity, as we see later on, and he's uh, closely associated to um, a lot of the. Uh, like Daredevil, Punisher style villains that they fight. So, I mean, it's they're again trying to lay those seeds that we might be seeing Daredevil sooner rather than later, which we obviously know is going to happen. Uh, Manbill is the same thing where he uh, he says it later on that a bunch of experiments happened to him and turned him into what we see today. And uh, that's just kind of his whole shtick is he's a, a Manbill. Not much to say there, but again, related to Daredevil and Punisher. So really fun to see these C-list villains in live action because, again, never thought that I would see these people grace the screen when I was reading them in the comics. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I, I, it's, it's so delightful that, like, like, it's funny that, like, we're at the stage of the MCU now where we can just have Man Bull show up <laughs> and we're just like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially in a show that isn't necessarily, like, super weird like it's not multiverse of madness style thing but um speaking of multiverse of madness who's the bull character in multiverse of madness what's that guy's name again oh the green one the green bull uh rintra rintra mm. i feel like man bull and rintra would uh would would really get along i feel like they would uh be really good buddies i don't know i don't know megan what did you think of of man bull and el aguila well, as we all know, I'm not the comic book nerd, uh, unfortunately, yeah. a comic book geek, I should say. And uh, <laughs> this threw me. I was like, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> um, so I, again, my brain goes, oh, yeah, they're probably from the comic books. So we're yeah. just going to let this happen because I, I am at this point now where I'm just going to accept literally any superhero yeah. or villain they throw into these shows because I'm positive that I don't know any more new people. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was weird for me, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think with Modoc uh, eventually showing up, uh, as we know he will be in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I feel like Marvel's very doing a great job of just being like, Cool. It's just gonna get weirder. Like, listen, you thought a tree and a raccoon was weird at first, but now, like, that's so normal. Only the tip of the iceberg. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're really getting into it, and I love the I love the little smirk when Manbull says mechanical bull. Like he just knows he knows what he's trying to do, and then um, Alejandro's accent when he says swashbuckler. Like I'm just like, dude. Like you're not a swashbuckler. Like you're not a pirate. Relax. <laughs> Um, so much unnecessary backstory. I, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Um, okay, so Jen searches for a signal. Uh, well, the song "Peppers and Onion" by Tierra Whack, which again, 
full Banger. bop right there, um, starts playing, and she uh, she eventually discovers Emil Blonsky and his group of villains all working on finding themselves. During the session, we see El Agula's codependency. Uh, we also meet Porcupine uh, working on his vulnerability. Uh, and then we see one of the members of the wrecking crew walks in the room, and Jen freaks out and tosses him into the perfectly stacked set of chairs. Uh, Jen eventually calms down and starts to open up to the group. Um, and then we also uh, we meet Saracen, uh, who has to switch seats with Manbull because of his codependency <laughs> issues um, with El Aguila. Uh, and then, uh, and then, you know, uh, she basically opens up to the group and starts to express how, you know, Josh was the first guy in a long time to make her feel good about just being Jen. Uh, but then he ghosted her and it sucks. Uh, and the group expresses how they would love to spend some time with Jen uh, and that she should delete Josh's number. Uh, she does. And then Jen celebrates by jumping into the yurt uh, as the group waits for her outside. They celebrate when she exits the yurt with a big thumbs up. Uh, they give her a lovely goodbye card. Uh, and as she leaves the retreat on the tow truck, uh, we hear Dua Lipa's IDGAF, which again, fantastic <laughs> song. Um, so obviously, you know, this was the majority of the episode took place in this one room, um, which is a, a, a very sort of, even for a show that is so different, this was a very different sort of narrative of just sort of staying in this one spot. Uh, I wanted to ask, what did you think of Emil's group therapy uh, and and let's call them the uh, the very special characters uh, that took part in it. I loved this scene. Uh, that's why I'm glad they spent so long on it. I got a lot of vibes. I mean, you were mentioning Modoc earlier, and there was an episode of the Hulu Modoc show where they also brought in all these C-list villains, and they were there to support Modoc and help him through a very tough time in his life. So it was almost mirroring that aspect with a bunch of C-list villains being the shoulders and the the people to talk Jen through the issues she's dealing with, and I loved it. And again, those the villains they introduce are. Uh, again, C-list villains that are known for fighting like Ant-Man or, or Blade with the vampire. I believe he is mm -hmm. actually a vampire. Uh, <laughs> and the record is just, again, I hated him when I first saw him. But now that you get to know the guy behind the, the crowbar, you, you kind of like him. So, again, this is this is a really fun episode or a fun moment of the episode. I'm glad we, again, spent so long with it. Totally. Yeah, I don't know if I, if I had the same viewing of the whole thing. I think it's more... Um, I understand like a group therapy session or like a group meditation, open speech session, and it didn't totally connect with me the same way. Um, mm -hmm. I think more so it, when it was just them and Jen was still worrying about her phone, it felt very judgmental. <laughs> they they yeah. actually were a little like the opposite of what I would assume they're trying to get done in this, which is fine. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. Um I think for me, the flow sort of stopped in this room. Um, yeah. Again, that also probably comes with me not knowing who these people are, where they come from. So um, they all just sort of felt a little misplaced. And maybe this is my feminine distrust. But when the guy with the crowbar came in, I was I like, was gonna oh, say. shit. There's something here like they made that connection. Sure. He's saying, oh, I'm I'm fine now. I didn't need a weapon to be strong. I'm like, mm, there's something iffy about that so i didn't accept his truth necessarily <laughs> um, totally and and like that's that's i feel the exact same way like throughout this entire episode that same feeling that i felt seeing her with josh i felt the same sort of or similar level of nervousness when she was with 
these guys because like I, listen they're super villains obviously they they it was a super lovely moment it was super sweet but like the guy that she's sitting right next to in episode three tried to steal her blood and I I just don't understand like I guess maybe because she was wrapped up in the in the therapy session uh, she really wanted to believe this guy could change but at the same time I'm just like why wouldn't she be asking him and and trying to like beat it out of him of like why did you try to do that why did you try to steal my blood I don't I just I, I was kind of as much as I'm like oh yeah a, a man bull is realistic <laughs> realistic <laughs> in this universe that logic just didn't work for me I mean she represented Emil and talked about how he's reformed and he's running a retreat to try and do help this help other villains like him who are misunderstood and don't understand where they're coming from themselves get to where they want to be comfortable and stuff like that so that's why I think she fully bought this i mean if you sat in that that therapy room and see these guys and like emil's actually trying to make progress and make like help these guys through their issues i feel like you would want to believe this guy i mean he was he was late because he was sweating out in a yurt and i don't think a villain (laughs) would spend time in a yurt like voluntarily in my opinion yeah i i get i get that i guess it's just like again you know last week on the show I, i mentioned how like i don't think there's been a single male character on the show that i've trusted except for pug Right. And so I think and maybe Jen's dad um, and maybe Chad a little bit and, and Wong. OK, fine. There's been a few. <laughs> but but for the most part, the majority of of the men on the show, I'm just like, don't don't come near. Don't come for Jen. She's too fantastic. You know, Tatiana Maslany is too lovely. Don't oh don't do this. Um, but I will say, um, you know, this is where the comedy hit for me. I think Tim Roth this version of Emil Blonsky is so fantastic. I, I love that he's he's seemingly really embraced this new lifestyle. And I do say seemingly, which I'll get to later. Um, I love the line. My, probably the best line in the episode. Um, this is porcupine. He's a porcupine. I'm just like, that's so <laughs> stupid. Um, and then I will say, shout out to the CG artists um, in this section. I think... You know, I think the show has gotten a lot of uh, flack for for the CG. And, you know, I think there's been a lot of hit or miss sequences with Jen as She-Hulk. But where she's opening up the sequence, when you look at her face, um, kudos to the mocap, to the CG artist, and to, to Tatiana Maslany's performance in this moment. Because, like, that really... The lines really hit, but her her performance really hit, and that's not easy to do as a green CGI faced mm-hmm. woman. Um, so I thought that was really really fantastic. Um, we brought him up earlier, Saracen. There's a lot of mentions of his dad. Uh, one of the characters is like, I, "I'm not your dad," or whatever he says. <laughs> um, Talking about my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So who? Darcy, do we have any connections to to other vampires? In, like they keep bringing up vampires. Last week we had um, the possible mention of Baroness Cromwell, uh, Lily Cromwell from the from the comics, who's a vampire um, who married um, what's his name, Immortal Man or whatever his name oh is. Oh my god, Mr. Immortal, <laughs> uh, Mr. Immortal. Um, but then, like, do you think this has anything to do with with Blade? Um, or who do you think his dad is? I'm not the most familiar with Blade's comics. Uh, when I do, Saracen was a Punisher villain for a while, and I read that, and it was there was a mention of a guy named Marison, and I can't remember if that guy was his dad, but that that was the true villain of that series, not so much mm. Saracen. I wouldn't okay. be surprised though if because we're seeing a vampire walking in daylight, I'm wondering if he is oh, like right. Blade, a daywalker where he's half blood. So maybe he, I wouldn't be like this. Be, 
very out there, but potentially he's like a half brother to Blade or something. I don't know. Whoa. That was that was my thing when he's like again, pretty, walking in the daylight. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be pretty nuts if this like B level character just randomly ends up being super important to the MCU. But hey, you know what? I, weirder things uh, have happened. Um, I will say there's a musical moment when she exits the yurt. Um, and like you see them all standing outside the yurt. And then the music goes to like this like minor note. And it starts <laughs> going to like sort of this like trap style music. And I was like, I was like, oh, no. Like, have they all like poisoned her inside the yurt? I'm like, what are these terrifying what, porcupine? What did you do? Like, oh, you know, I'm just like, what have you what have you all done? Um, and I was so there was such a big sigh of relief when they when she comes out and she gives them the thumbs up and they're all like cheering for her. And I, I, I don't I, I will say this um, and I will get to the. I'll break this down maybe a little bit more with with uh, in our prediction segment. I don't think all of the characters there I had to be worried about. But I think maybe two of them um, I had to be worried about, and I'll get to which two uh, a little bit later on. Um, but even even the the very last moment when she's saying goodbye, and Emil Blonsky says, "Everyone we meet, no matter how much they hurt you, is a lesson learned." Uh, to me, I felt like that was her, or that was him, um, almost talking about his time with Bruce, kind of to her, like just sort of saying like. Listen, that was a lesson learned for me, but I, in a kind of a weird, threatening way at the same time, where I was like, did he mean it was a lesson for Bruce to? I don't know. I don't know. I was getting some weird, weird vibes from just, I'm not trusting anyone on this show. <laughs> this show yeah, I, guess. I don't know. I don't Jeez. know what's going on. I need, maybe, you know what? I need to people, attend, I, <laughs> I need to attend more sessions, I think, maybe. Um, so I can start trusting a little bit more. But I don't know. After what happened with Josh, I'm just like, I don't know if I can trust anyone ever again. I totally get that. Josh is scum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's 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 get to that. We do have an additional flashback scene and we're, we're going to get to it. But I, I want to use it for our prediction segment. So uh, we're going to just jump right into that, which uh, we call this prediction segment on this show. My closing statement, your honor is. So I'll read the scene and then Megan, you may approach the. The sharing circle is what we're going to call it. Okay. <laughs> um, and I don't know why we're saying your honor. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, Very formal so, circle. Jeez. Yes. So, uh, so after all the lovely feels leaving the retreat, we cut to three days earlier uh, where we see Josh and Jen's intimate encounter. Um, we see Josh putting his clothes back on. Well, well, he puts his phone down and then starts copying all the data off of Jen's phone. He stands up, takes a photo of Jen naked, sleeping, uh, and then proceeds to message the Hulk King along with a bloody needle emoji. See, he uses emojis. Uh, a bloody <laughs> needle emoji, a green beaker emoji, and a thumbs up emoji, all while grinning a very evil grin. Um, okay, so I feel like this reveal was way too obvious and i know we don't have much more to go off of from this week's episode in comparison to last week's episode but what do you think this means um you know did he actually stick her with his needle not like that i mean like i you know what i'm trying to say you, you like not said that not any like other that. way darcy i meant it like did he get her blood did he actually get her blood um megan you may approach the sharing circle um what am I supposed to say again? <laughs> <laughs> your, you, my closing uh, statement, your honor. Is. My closing you, statement, you. your honor is. Mm. Yes, yeah. mm. 
<laughs> my closing statement, Your Honor, is that am I the only like dim person in this room? Because I didn't see this coming at all. Really? Oh no! I, I don't know why. I was like, I maybe I was like Jen. I just saw. Yeah. I didn't see through the bullshit. Um, when he, I figured he was leaving, but I didn't know why, and I could never mm-hmm. have actually guessed that this was why. Is mm-hmm. he not the uh, king? I thought it was like that was his username that he was texting. No, I think I think he was messaging the Hulk mm-hmm. King. I, oh, I think okay, the okay. little arrow pointing yeah. outwards means like he was sending the message to, to him. The, okay, the, okay. The MCU's version of iOS is is a like little it. modified. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the fact that they don't have the date on any of their phones because they don't want to commit to setting this at a specific uh, yeah. date and time, if you notice. But anyways, continue. Um, yes. Yeah, so I did not see this coming. I was extremely jarred by the way this ended. Um, Not Mm -hmm. only is it super creepy that he was copying everything from her phone, but the photo like actually (sighs) made me really uncomfortable to watch. So well done, Marvel. You put like a super uncomfortable moment in a movie uh, or in a TV show. But I don't know how he would have gotten any of her blood without her noticing. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to assume will say, anything. No, I will say Jen. Jen has shown time and time again she enjoys a good drink on the show. I don't uh, think and she I'm was wondering drunk, if though, yeah, not in that moment. No, no. I don't know. But but no. but at other points in time they were dating. Maybe they went out to a bar one night. We did, maybe we didn't see all the dates. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, like they they don't have to show everything on the screen as they clearly didn't get to show us the Hulk smashing. But um, <laughs> Darcy, <laughs> I mean, it's on Disney Plus. What are you going to do, Darcy? What? What? Um, sorry, Megan. Did you have any other predictions that you wanted to share? No, before? I predict no things it, aside from the fact that I feel like the Hulk King is maybe that guy that is also part of the. Um, sorry, his lawyer is that woman that Jen mm-hmm, worked with mm-hmm, previously. I don't mm-hmm. remember his name, but Todd. that really rich guy, Todd. <laughs> Todd. Uh, Gross. Yeah, yeah, Todd's gross. Darcy, you may now approach the sharing circle. Uh, my closing statement, Your Honor, is uh, I, I'm almost positive now that Josh Glenn is the hate monger. Like, that is Josh mm. Glenn, the MCU's version of the racist thing. And I think it's going to be a more misogynistic spin on the character. Yeah. And yeah, I hate him. I definitely think he, <laughs> the, the, the Hulk King is either the leader or Todd for sure. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like that picture was creepy and everything like that, but like the fact that he took her phone data, I can only imagine that they're not only going to try and steal her powers, they're also going to try and drag her name through the mud, and that was what that picture is for, or something like that. Like I have, I have no idea. It's just it's it's uncomfortable, and I mean they're really doing a good job of making you hate the guy. So I hope that we we get some satisfaction in him getting a good punch to the face before going away for a while. So hopefully, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a Hulk-sized punch to the face. You got to imagine, like, she she's probably got like what's even more scary. Like I brought up her dad earlier. Like her family's information is all in there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's gonna happen to Ched? You know what I'm saying? Like, does he have Hulk blood that they're gonna try and get or something? I don't know. I don't know. What about Super all freaky. of his sales of his She-Hulk by Titania signed <laughs> merchandise? Right. <laughs> Did they just buy Down it all drain. up in a in a ruse to yeah maybe 
Uh, Darcy, did you have anything else you'd like to share in the sharing circle before I, because I've got a lot. <laughs> uh, go ahead, because again, I, the only thing I could think is that this guy's a dick and he's working for someone <laughs> who is equally dickish, so. Yeah. Josh Josh is uh, is the worst, unfortunately, and it, he was just so charming. Um, too and, good to be uh, true. Yeah, too good to be true. I And, and again, I, I do feel like we were all kind of talking about him you know, definitely being this character last week. Um, and and my closing statement, Your Honor, is that he did extract the blood, maybe not in the moment that we saw, but at some point on one of their dates. Um, and and he, maybe he nabbed some blood from her. Like, again, as I said, like, maybe they were just partying a little too hard and she thought that she, like, pricked herself on something, but it was actually a need. I don't know. I don't know. He's got, he, he's he's a pretty creepy dude with that grin. So I think he might be able to, figure it out well and i'm just thinking we saw ulysses claw with his weird sonic hand thing so what's to say that the needle was somewhere inside josh and it was a very subtle taking i don't, I don't know okay, like how well, my we're not mind going there, there darcy darcy i'm just you gotta you gotta think inside of him inside <laughs> the least unsuspecting i mean you won't i okay. mean i'm sorry right. i went there. okay i did it all I'm, right you I'm went the there um <laughs> i feel dirty okay. It's listen. It's fine. It's fine. You get through the twelve days or whatever that Nikki said after sleeping with someone, and then it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> Mallory uh, Mallory Book is in on this, by the way. Um, she is Todd's lawyer, and I, you know, I I think Todd is the Hulk King, and that Josh works for him. Um, I think Todd is super rich. Mallory Book is an incredible lawyer. She would not be affordable. So he's she's his attorney. Uh, and that led me to thinking that Todd, being super rich, might also be a super rich orphan, uh, which would lead back to one of the first lines that Jen talks about with Nikki of, like, super rich orphan people being superheroes or whatever. I think he wants to be a Hulk really, really bad. Uh, and I think that he leads the intelligentsia. Uh, and I think that led me to speculate all the way back to Emil Blonsky. For instance, Emil Blonsky, how does he have so much money? I understand that he had seven soulmates, and I'm sure they've got a lot of money too. But but maybe, just maybe, he's selling his blood to the intelligentsia, and maybe he temporarily turned into the abomination for a brief moment so that the intelligentsia could test that giant needle that we saw last week on him and that was the brief moments that caused the thing to malfunction um and yeah that's right right i'm, I'm like i was super I mean, proud that's of that like one. deep cuts yeah. but yeah i think <laughs> no it's gonna i think i think that's what happens there is a trailer um that we got in the mid-season trailer there is a moment where we do see abomination again as the abomination um so i'm just i just something about him during this whole thing, him and and Wrecker guy, I was just like, I don't know. I get it. I get I get what you're doing. I still feel like maybe Emil, there's something in Emil that he's like, I want to do so much good for the world, but I still have to do this little bit of bad and give my my body for testing over to the intelligentsia. Um, I think that I think that could be the case. I don't think he's fully reformed. I do have one final thing here. We and this isn't this isn't really a prediction. I hope, I hope it's just common sense. But we will see Matt Murdock next week. Um, he's going to be, you know, Nikki mentioned the lawyer of the year, female lawyer of the year. Um, we see in one of the trailers um, that Jen is wearing a sparkly dress, uh, which I'm sure Luke Jacobson designed for her, and she steps out of she steps out of a limo. 
and so that's why Matt Murdock is in California. He's there for the Lawyer of the Year gala mm-hmm. event. Um, maybe he's the male Lawyer of the Year, um, possibly. And uh, and we, you know, there's a footage. There's some footage we saw coming out of Comic Con um, where they meet in a bar, and that bar very much looked like it could have been a bar inside of like a a hotel where they would be doing this gala event. So that's that's kind of my prediction as far as how he shows up. And then I think that moment that they really should have never shown in the original trailers, uh, I get why they did it to hype the show up, but with Daredevil doing a flip, I think that is the end credit stinger of episode seven, so that for episode eight, eight. it's a full... Or sorry, it's, it's the seven. end credit st- stinger yeah. of episode eight, which for episode nine, they'll do a full... She-Hulk Daredevil combo pack uh, adventure. I think mm-hmm. that's that's going to be the finale, the team up. Um, but yeah, those are all my predictions presented <laughs> yeah. to the sharing circle. <laughs> I totally agree with you on that. I just, I feel like yeah. they're going to save that female like the the gala will be the f- finale episode. You think it's the final the, episode? I, okay. That's what I'm feeling. Is that maybe we will get the like Matt Murdock meeting her next episode with that you know yeah. end credit stinger? But then he'll meet she'll meet Matt Murdock the next episode at the gala. Oh, okay. That's what okay, I think. So you've got to kind of flip then. Yeah, yeah Daredevil first and then Matt Murdock after because that's kind of how they always typically do it in the comics is that you meet the masked persona and then you mm-hmm. get introduced to the unmasked persona. So, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, only time will tell. Uh, and Josh, you're still a piece of shit. Okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that's. Uh, I think it's about time we give our overall impressions of the episode and our final score, which are, we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five, Emil's favorite chickens. Darcy, I'll have you go first. Oh, well, again, I, I really like this episode. I got vibes of that Modoc episode that I really enjoyed as well for the same reasons. These C-list actors, or, or villains, sorry, that they brought on for the retreat were incredible, and I want more of that style. It's very She-Hulk. That's who she's usually representing or you know going against in court is these random villains that had one or two appearances in other comics from years ago type thing. Mm-hmm. So I love that, and I hope we get more of it. And again, all the comedy and everything hit for me in this episode. And again, with that, like determining Josh is the bad guy, it gives you someone to hate. I feel we're, we're again getting towards that final end goal, you know, cu- uh, culmination of the series. Or like this is what's been trying to uh, going on, and this is how we're going to stop it type thing. So, loved it. I can't wait for more. Uh, I'll be giving this one solid four point five out of five. Emil's favorite chickens. Okay, all right. Half a chicken. <laughs> half a chicken. You put that inside of a happy Emil. I got you know hungry. I mean? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Get half a chicken and a happy a meal. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he should totally start a fast food restaurant. Yeah. Um, Megan, your final thoughts on the episode? Uh, for me personally, I felt like this episode was a little bit slower than I would have liked. I think the last couple of episodes have been really awesome and like story forward, um, even with a wedding episode in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, still progressed Jen and She Hulk together. Um, and this one, I think it was just that that room scene taking up most of the episode for me felt like they were sort of going around in circles saying the same ish stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm happy that Jen and she Hulk finally like came to accept one another, really, and um, empower Jen to be herself. Um, 
but I just felt like the pacing was a little off for me and all these characters being introduced that I don't know anything about was a mm-hmm. little weird. Um, but the soundtrack to this episode has <laughs> by far been the bangingest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No yeah. pun intended. <laughs> no. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I loved. I loved the music, and will be listening to them on repeat for the next couple weeks. So, um, after all of that being said, I will give this a three out of five. Emil's favorite chickens. Okay, I'm leaning. I'm leaning more towards Megan than Darcy for this one. I think. I think this episode. You know, it was super light for me. I. I think I really. Uh, even though I had a lot to sort of predict, I had to really dig to kind of come up with that sort of speculation. <laughs> and it is pretty speculatory, if I'm being honest. Um, so the ability to sort of engage with this episode as more of a, an MCU fan, I think it wasn't really there for me. And, and that's okay. Again, that's not exactly what this show is going for. That being said, the comedy side this was one of the funniest episodes yet for me. I really did have a good time laughing along with everything that was going on, even though I was still a little nervous about all these villains being around Jen and and asking her to come out of her her Hulk, you know, going to her Jen body. And I'm like, listen, you're, I, I get it. Your Hulk body protects you. Jen body you can pierce with a needle, and that guy's sitting right next to you. Don't do that. Um, but I <laughs> I loved everything about Emil's Abomastay. Uh, retreat. I love the signs, by the way. I didn't mm-hmm. even mention I want this. One. The signs that he had today is today. <laughs> Emil Blonsky. Like, it's so good. Um, and so, yeah. So, again, all that was really funny. And, and I love I love him in this uh, show. Um, I hope it wasn't fake because it was so lovely. I do hope I'm really wrong on that. Um, and overall, it was great to see Jen open up and share her feelings as Jen and and get back to that place and and to recognize that and to kind of push through that and I again that that one moment with her was probably one of the most heartfelt moments that we've seen on the show so far I will say though I'm so ready to get back to the main plot I'm listen I love what Anuvalia has done for the MCU with these last three episodes of really showing us like hey we can go into really different territory with the storytelling of the MCU. I just feel like maybe they should have been mixed up a little bit more. Maybe we should have had like an on again, off again sort of style of like this week we push the story forward. This week we take a break and go to a wedding. And then this week we do push this. So I think they they could have maybe done that a little bit more. I'm excited to get to the final two episodes uh, directed by Kat Koiro, who did the first four. Um, and I, I really do hope they stick the landing because we only have two episodes left. And there's so much for them to potentially cover with Matt Murdock, who's behind the intelligentsia. What's up with Titania? Where's she going? And also bring back Madison already. It's been too long. <laughs> I need Madison back in my life. Bring her back, please, somehow. Um, anyways, based on the incredible comedic writing and and good amount of character growth, I was very tempted to give this episode a four, but I think I'm going to temper the those feelings and and just again it as tasty as it was comedically there just wasn't enough meat on the bone narratively um so i'm going to give this episode with its very predictable ending uh, a very high three and a half out of five emile's favorite chickens hmm. yeah i like how you, you always say that pacing thing and it's like this is a sitcom style thing I know. <laughs> most sitcoms there's not an overarching plot I know it's very small and minute. So that's why I feel like this show is doing an excellent job of hammering home that 
minute plot while telling you a different story. So totally. it's kind of funny that what I like about it is what you hate. And it's like, oh, there's yeah. different things in this episode. Well, this listen, show. we don't, Darcy, we don't say hate in this sharing circle. Dislike. Um, we can dislike. say dislike. Yeah, absolutely. I think I just need to open myself up more to different ideas of mm. MCU storytelling. And I'm just not ready there. I'm not, I'm not at your level. I'm not ready to make that commitment just yet uh, can't wait to um, see what you think about werewolf by night then <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true i'm very very int- watch werewolf by night i'll just be like this was the best thing in the world anyway uh, <laughs> that is it for this week's episode of watch club for marvel's she hulk attorney at law we hope you enjoyed it and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in watch club well let me just i'm gonna hulk transfer my zenergy i'm gonna call it I'm rebranding it zenergy over to Megan to let you know how you can reach us. They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if you cannot go a single second without refreshing that DM combo and you need the speed <laughs> of social media, then you can find us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Hopefully you're standing in the, the one square foot of land that you actually get signal <laughs> when you're at Emil's, uh, you know, meditation retreat. Um, keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, like our spoiler-free reviews for Andor and our most recent spoiler-free review for Hocus Pocus 2, uh, as well as our interviews with the cast of Andor. And out today, as of this episode's release, uh, we also have interviews with Hocus Pocus 2 director Anne Fletcher and some of the cast of that film including Whitney Peake, Belissa Escobedo, Lilia Buckingham, Sam Richardson, and Billy Butcherson himself, the legendary Doug Jones. So go give those a watch. Go give those a listen. Uh, we also have interviews with uh, both the lead writer for this show, She-Hulk, uh, Jessica Gao, and director Kat Coiro. Um, so check out those interviews again on podcast services or on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. We also have yet another watch club going on right now. If you like this watch club, you're going to love our other watch club for Andor. I feel like a, like a, what are those, like, uh, <laughs> what are those salesmen that <laughs> do the... Oh, the infomercial the, like, Infomercial. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, infomercial. And, <laughs> and if you call right now, you'll, we'll include not just this watch club, but another watch club for Andor, which, again, we have going on right now, uh, where we break down and share our thoughts and theories for the first three episodes that are out now on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I know the fourth episode is out by now, um, but once we reach episode six, we're going to release another watch club for Andor. So we're going to kind of do them in three episode chunks. There's a lot of episodes. There'll be a lot to talk about. It's going to be great. Uh, So join the rebellion and join yet another watch club. Give those episodes a listen and a five-star review if you don't mind. Megan, Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this watch club. And as we say... Home Home Hulk Hulk Smash. Smash.